Hey people, welcome back to the Slight Sarcasm Podcast. I'm Celeste. I'm Amber. And we're back. We we're are here back. Again. We are... We're still doing this. Still mostly present. <laughs> In 2020. Yeah. And yeah, it's I don't... still 2020. <laughs> this shit is never ending. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh I saw a tweet the other day, though, that um, someone was saying October's doing all the legwork for the whole rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's I like saw that, too. I was like, happening. dang. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah, we still in this shit. I was talking to a friend earlier today, and I, I don't know. We were just talking about, you know, I feel like everyone still, when they talk to her, people on the phone and stuff like we're all still talking about the same stuff like how jacked up all this shit is and um and I was talking to my friend and I was like I was like oh like this week like today actually if everything would have not happened most likely I would be going to on my trip to Peru that I booked Damn. that I had canceled so like I, like today I would be on the flight really to, that sucks yeah to Peru um and I was like yeah I was like it's crazy because because I obviously like I canceled it but, but I canceled it back in like April and mm-hmm. I remember us just I remember distinctively us distinctively us having this conversation on the podcast like you can go back and listen I'm pretty sure like you and I were talking and you were like yeah like this ship you were like this stuff is not gonna stop mm-hmm. in the fall mm-hmm. and I was like what yeah. <laughs> and like it just like hit me and I was like all right I'm gonna cancel my trip and here we are in the fall yeah that and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You that, know, that's the problem, over 210,000 right. people have died. Right. That's the problem, though. 210, and, did I say that Yeah, right? 210,000. Yeah. 100,000, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 210, yeah. 210,000. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's cut this whole part out, because now we sound stupid. No, it's great. No, okay. 200. Seriously. And 10,000 yes. people have died. We're not laughing that the people died. We're just laughing because you can't get the, say the number right. It's that that's like <laughs> something to get tripped up on though, right? Yeah. <sighs> well, what I was going to say earlier was that was a problem back in March and April. People were like, oh yeah, this will just, eh, yeah, maybe by the summer. I'm like, no, how do you stop a virus in two months? There, even the, the best countries that have that the best countries that have no, you know, transmitted, active cases right now haven't been able to stop mm-hmm. it. You know, like Iceland and New Zealand, it took them all summer to do that, just mm-hmm. the same. But lucky yeah. for us, we have the world's biggest orange idiot in charge of all this crap, and so th- I I read something yesterday, a headline, and and Dr. Fauci said. This will probably still be a thing through this time next year. It's just expected. Oh. So. Oh, yeah. I 100 Yeah, all of you who are like, oh, in 2021, 
I that's like, my year. <laughs> did coronavirus tell you that it was gonna expire December thirty first, twenty twenty? Because no, we gonna be here back in March in twenty twenty one and be like, dang, it's been a whole twelve months and we are yep. still here. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it um, hit me when I had to um like you said when you were thinking about your Peru trip, it hit me when I had to trans um cancel my trip to japan my partner and i were gonna go to japan for his birthday but yeah we had to cancel all that because we were our concern was not so much getting sick but um having to quarantine for two extra weeks after we got back so we'd be out of work for a month Mm -hmm. or at least he would you know i i could have swung um some sort of thing and been able to work remotely of course but but yeah it would have been disastrous i mean and then if even if we had gotten over there we probably wouldn't have been able to do half the things that we had planned to do for all those months that we were planning the trip so my week i will say though um my week has been going pretty well that's good yeah i have i took tomorrow and friday off and monday off so Dang. I have, like, a five-day weekend. Something I good. had, like, yeah, I have, like, I just desperately, I, I just desperately needed, like, actual time off and not, like, a quick little three-day weekend. Yeah, yeah. I legit need some, like, real rest and relaxation. So, so yeah, I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I really should just study for my midterm. But what a terrible way to spend a five day weekend. You're like, yes, now I can like take my a prof- break from my main priority to focus on my <laughs> second priority. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> those are the way those priorities are set up. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna, yeah, well, it'll work itself out. It's mm-hmm. fine. I'm not mm-hmm. like super worried about it, but. I feel, I will say I'm not, my depression wave has gone, which is so nice. I was like, this is the, I was thinking about it and I was like, this is, that was the most depressed I've been Mm. in like three, four years. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was... It was a lot better. I think I've talked about this already, but it was a lot better this time around because I had... You had your tools. Your tools I had set. my tools to, like, yeah. help me out with that. Granted, it lasted, like, two months, but I can't help that. So mm-hmm. I just kind of have to ride... You know, with depression, you have to ride the wave until oh, yeah. it's over. Yeah. So... That's good. Yeah. I'm grateful it's over for now. I know there'll be more waves and episodes that I'll have, but I know, like, I have the tools to, like, help me through it. So, yeah. So, yeah. But I'm feeling a lot better. And, yeah. Shout out to me for holding me down. Cause... <laughs> nice. Because, <laughs> man. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but that's really been, like, kind of like updates on me besides you know like working and school and life in general mm-hmm. yeah i will talk about 
the thing that's going on right now with me. I can't talk about it now, but I will talk about that on an episode Dang. in the future. Why do you going to leave me hanging like that? No, it's... Wait, is this something I know? talked about this. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, thing, the current thing that's going on with me right now. Oh, 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 right, right. Yeah. Okay. okay. I was so... like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know what you're talking I... about. Yeah, I want to talk about that at some talk about that. Yeah, you might as well wait till that's resolved. Yeah, it's not currently resolved yet, but I do want to talk about that mm-hmm. because yeah, we could do a whole long, long ass episode on this for sure. <laughs> that that's gonna have to be in parts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we totally could. I totally could. Yeah, but yeah, but that's good. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that. I'm sure we'll get resolved soon as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How I'm about feeling, you? I'm feeling better too. Um, I, you know, I try. I actually attributed the slump that I went through not just to quarantine and having literally all of my plans fall apart before my very eyes, um, but on top of that, I I think my birth control was really really jacking up my mood. And so what I ended up doing was I stopped taking it for about a month. And in that month, I started tracking my mood. So from mm-hmm. Labor Day, um, so literally exactly a month, I've been tracking my mood every day. And I've noticed that the trend has gone pretty much straight, straight up. Like um, yeah. the app that I use, if anyone's interested, is called Dailyo, like D-A-Y-L-I-O. And it's pretty simple. You basically just log your overall mood for the day like they'll ask you know how your day went and then you tap different activities or hobbies or events that happen during the day and you can add and take off different things um you know to kind of cater it more towards your stuff but you basically just add different things that may have attributed to your mood so you know if you had a good day maybe it's because you you know did some gardening some things you liked you played music you exercised you ate well or, you know, if you had a bad day, maybe you write a note that you had an argument with someone or, you know, things like that. Um, or, you you know, you had bad sleep and that, that kind of gave you a crappy day. But anyways, I've noticed that um, as soon as I stopped taking the birth control, my mood improved a lot. And I think it's actually kind of like reset me in a way. Because um, mm-hmm. now I'm back on it because... I'm not trying to have no babies, but, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think the break for me was good because it, it let me remember how good it feels to just have a good day and not mm-hmm. have to have some major thing happen that makes it a good day. Like I didn't have to have some tremendous event happen for me to say it was a mm-hmm. good day. Like if I had a good day, yeah. it was just because, you know, I didn't get in an argument with my partner we had a good meal together. We spent some time together. I got my stuff done at work. I slept decently, like all that stuff, like just simple shit that has really helped. So yeah, I'm definitely feeling a lot better too. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to keep the trend up, but I, but I do need to keep taking my birth control. So I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, if I'll have some sort of decline again, but I think, um, just with everything else that's going on personally with my family and stuff too, that that situation's improving as well. So I think, um Mm -hmm. things will will just be a little bit easier going forward anyway so I'm happy about that yeah that's good yeah I will say I too had some issues 
same exact issues with um birth control the um the pill i was having mm-hmm. i feel like all of 2019 i was a or most of 2019 i was really moody yeah like borderline bitchy <laughs> cuz i just cuz of the birth control like it cuz i was like it didn't make any sense to me because I felt like I wasn't normally so erratic and um and then I came off the birth control just because like I just hated it it just Mm -hmm. didn't because I realized I was moody towards the end and I stopped taking it and then I was like oh okay so yeah so, yeah, so I stopped taking it, and I was telling my doctor, I was like, yeah, I don't want to take this anymore. And she was like, okay, Celeste, well, you have to have a period. And I was like, okay, so what are we going to do about it? And so now I have <laughs> this birth control that I take every three months. So she was like, you have to at least have a period every three hmm. months. So every three months, I take these pills for, like, ten days. Oh, wow. Uh, which I missed yesterday, I think. Oh, girl. Whatever. <laughs> But, um, and then you have your period. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we could also do in the future, we could do, um, uh, you know, birth control and that sort of thing for an episode. Cause I definitely have a lot of like, <sighs> I wouldn't say horror stories, but definitely a lot of, um, mishaps and things that have happened that, um, I attribute to having, a crazy body that doesn't like birth control but i i do Mm -hmm. think the pills i'm taking now and i have been taking for about a year they've been the best for me but again i Mm. i'm also trying to now i'm trying to figure out if i can totally attribute the birth control to my depression earlier in this year so we'll see Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's that's definitely a another great topic we can have a pretty good discussion about. fair yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm a newbie to birth control actually well i was gonna yeah we i was totally... gonna say i never even heard about the pills you can just take for like a 10-day stint i've never heard of those but i've had like i've had an iud a depot shot which was the worst thing i could have possibly done it was terrible but i mm. i don't want to get into it but yeah I, I had it done out of not necessity but like because Planned Parenthood was available and I didn't have proper health insurance at that time and I just wanted something um yeah Mm -hmm. so I've done the pill a couple times the depot shot the IUD you know it's it's all all been different experiences but yeah Yeah. I had never heard about those pills you were talking about yeah I had never heard about them either but I was like this is great (laughs) good yeah but yeah okay so we're going to jump into our segment today. We're going to try to keep it positive, mm-hmm. even though sometimes it gets a little heavy, but that's fine. That's who we are. I feel like we can't change that. <laughs> and so far, no one has complained. So I don't really care. But um, today we're just going to. So I. OK, my brain is thinking faster than my mouth. So today we're going to talk about. Um, just some articles that I found on people in the community, the black community, doing like great things in their communities, um, and just talk about like positive things that people are doing to, you know, help themselves, help other people, you know, uplift, 
all of us and inspire all of us to do big and better things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's awesome. All of these articles can be found um, because of we can.com. Um, I'll put the website in the what is it called the description notes yeah the show notes of this of this episode and you can also go check them out you could you can sign up for their newsletter and you can get like a boost of positive news every day or every week into your inbox yeah it could be good you to know? start the day with that yeah you know or you can just like bookmark their website and you know when you're having a bad day just be like look scroll through and be like oh man look at all these beautiful black people (laughs) doing beautiful and amazing things and that's like literally the whole point of this website so love it um and you can support them they have like a shop where you can buy stuff and things like that so and support this website which is probably what i'm gonna do but okay so first article says the title of the first article is this couple launched a delivery service to bring black farmers and food suppliers to your doorstep i already love this already um so it's this couple they're called um they're called this couple their names are um randy and jonathan Altidor? Altidor. It's probably Altidor. A-L-T-I-D-O-R. Please, I'm not good at pronouncing things. But they noticed something was missing from the food delivery market, black grocers. Mm -hmm. And their solution was to bridge that gap. So they created this company called The Better Buggy. Um, it's a grocery delivery service for black owned farms and food suppliers in their Atlanta community. Nice. Yeah. Um, Rondi says that she told her husband that she was really frustrated that there weren't, that they weren't able to support black owned stores because a lot of the major outlets that offer grocery delivery don't have smaller black owned businesses Mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. So they decided to fill the void. Um, So better buggy offers same day delivery for fresh produce and everyday essentials, including vegan, organic and gluten free options, Excellent. which is really, really cool. Um, they are saying here that black black businesses are black businesses around the country have been impacted by the pandemic. Of course, we all know that the Federal Reserve Bank released a study last month that 41 percent of black owned businesses across the country shut down between February and April compared to only about 17 percent of white Jeez. businesses during the same period. So, so yeah, they're out here bridging the gap and, um, they have an app that you can use. So if you're in the Atlanta area and you're trying to support black owned businesses and you want it delivered, you want some good fresh veggies and essentials, hit them up. So it's called again... The Better Buggy, B-U-G-G-Y, and you can learn more at 
thebetterbuggy.com. So yeah, I thought this was really cool. Not sponsored. I love this. Huh? Not sponsored. Oh yeah, no. We're not sponsored by them. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's a really like, good idea for sure. Yeah, cause, I love that idea. Yeah, because my thing is you can get groceries delivered, but the produce is not great. It's every yeah. time. Well, I don't know. I guess maybe because I'm cheap and I get most of my groceries from Aldi. But even if I get stuff from, you know, the chain grocery store that's local here, the mm-hmm. produce is never never good like and even if you went in the store yourself and picked it out it's kind of like slim pickings especially for like greens and and you know things like that yeah and it's slim pickings and it's expensive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm just like why why is walmart of all places so expensive Mm. for fresh food like yeah my parents i would love my parents but I don't know. I just, I don't know the means to do so, I guess, which is probably another issue that they're trying to solve, which is, you know, educating mm-hmm. people in their community about the options that they have. Yeah. So I actually buy local like veggies and like produce and Great. stuff like that. I buy local, I go to an international food market and, um, they have like two stores. They have one here in central Virginia I think they're both in Central Virginia, actually. It just might be, like, farther north or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I go... That's... I was shopping at Aldi. Like, everyone knows I'm, like, Aldi queen. Like, I was <laughs> shopping at Aldi all the time. You and me both, then. Yeah. And then... I don't know. I decided to stop... I when, when the pandemic started and, like, you know, when the pandemic started, you know... Um, everything was happening with like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, I want to make it a point to like start shopping at, um, at different places. Oh, actually that. And also everybody was out of food in the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, where can I find food? And so I was, I follow this girl who works at a tattoo shop and she's black and she was like hey if you're looking for food this place that's an international food market they have um there's they still have like toilet paper and like and all this stuff and I was like you know I was like you know what I'm not racist so I will go into the international (laughs) food market and buy their stuff because they probably have more stuff than um more stuff that I actually want because um I'm also Jamaican so I would I prefer I also like to buy um like specific things Mm -hmm. for like food and like specific spices and stuff like that and they would have it versus like my local Walmart or something like that I don't shop at Walmart but like you get the point like box stores don't always mm-hmm. carry like the stuff that I want so and they carry they carry everything that like all the Jamaican food I want and so I'm like yes so now I shop there I don't shop at Aldi anymore good, because good. that's available so yeah like if you if you don't live in Atlanta or anything like that and you can't like do something specifically like this I would 
and you want to su- support local businesses in food, you can start by looking at international markets. They will sell everything that you need and more. You can even like look into like different kinds of like spices and foods that you probably wouldn't find at like a box store. And most likely you're probably going to save money because they tend to be a little bit cheaper. Right. Yeah. Than your like box store. So, yeah, and that's not necessarily something people would would think initially. It's like, oh, well, if there's all this variety and all these different and new ingredients, wouldn't that be more expensive? And and typically with those stores, it's not the case. It's it's actually much more affordable and you can get things um, different quantities, even of things that you wouldn't uh, Mm -hmm. be able to get it at like a box store, like you were saying, like like rice, like uh, Mm-hmm. The international food stores I've been in, they always have a bunch of different types of rice and you can get 30 mm-hmm. pound bags, 50 pound bags, you know, even the, mm-hmm. just the smaller bags and, you know, prepackaged spices and things yeah. like that. So, yeah, definitely agree. And, and like fish and meat, a lot of different yeah, stuff there too. Yeah, chicken and beef, mm-hmm. yeah, all that stuff. Like they even have oxtail in there. Right, which- yeah. I was just like, it's expensive as hell. It's like $14 a pound, which is ridiculous, but they have it. So (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. I didn't buy it, but like, I was like, okay, (laughs) cool. Like I'm, I'm glad that like, I could see like stuff in there that like I continuously buy. Like I buy like beef patties and Mm -hmm. I buy, um, like curry and like things plant. like plantain and stuff yeah, like that like stuff. yeah so so yeah but yeah this yeah this article was really cool and i really liked it and it was just like uh just made me feel good i was like uh i'm so <laughs> glad like people are just doing things out here yeah i love seeing and like especially like ha- giving black farmers access to more people oh yeah cuz they're I've been learning more about, like, black farming and Mm -hmm. so, and, like, black farmers, and I feel like that's amazing, and I, you know, I want to support that because it's extremely helpful to, you know, have these people out here doing that, and more likely than not, they're going to give back to the community more than anyone else will, so. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Okay, so our next article is um the title of this article is Emmett Till's South Side Chicago home granted preliminary landmark status. Oh great. That's great. Yeah. Oh, so, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. Um the Commission on Chicago Landmarks granted preliminary landmark status to the South Side Chicago home of Emmett Till. Um the Chicago Sun Times reports so his child home, childhood home was granted preliminary landmark status on the same date that the teen's funeral was held 65 years mm. ago. Mm. The Commission wow. on Chicago Landmarks voted unanimously to preserve the home at 6427 South St. Lawrence Avenue, a home currently owned by a real estate investment firm. Huh. Suppose... Supposedly, the owner said that he had no idea what property he was purchasing. Purchasing, mm. but I, I don't know because that neighborhood, um, 
that neighborhood down there is it's old black neighborhood like that's yeah you not just anybody is going to be down there buying property so i'm sure Mm -hmm. they had some sort of idea of oh yeah how are you gonna buy property and not know that yeah then uh, i'm trying to think what neighborhood that's in i'm actually gonna look it up but i that general area down there is it's very old established families like live there for generations yeah because that's all they know you know it's it's a little rough around the edges but yeah, it, yeah that's that's interesting that they would say that but i'm i anyways regardless i'm glad that they made the right choice and and you know allowed that to happen anyway yeah um the interim landmark status prevents any demolition or changes to the home's exterior the as the proposal continues to be solidified but plans for the property are still up in the air so they're not sure i guess they're not sure what the inside is going to look like if they're going to ever change it or anything but they can't change the outside um but yeah so i'm glad that's happening yeah i'm trying um, to actually for those who don't know maybe they're might be some people who don't know who Emmett Till was if you want to explain briefly yeah so Emmett Till was a 14 year old who was accused of whistling at this white lady and he was murdered by a bunch of racists yeah he was but then it came yeah um and it came out like decades later that the lady actually lied and the people who killed him, who the people who murdered him were acquitted. So no one really paid the price for his death. That was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> wrong, his wrongful death of something that he did not do at all whatsoever. Yeah. So, so one thing that's, obviously um and he was 14 yeah so that i was gonna say that that's one thing that was very uh his age was was publicized because he was only 14 they beat him to death his fate the the other thing is um in the newspapers i i would say if anyone's trying to to look him up just do that with caution because first you'll see just you know this adorable profile of him and you know he's Mm -hmm. all handsome and uh you know, button down and a tie and a hat. Yeah. And you, there might be, you know, groupings of pictures like, like that. But then the other set of pictures you, you'll see every time you search for him is the way his face looked um, when they had his, his service. He was beaten pretty much beyond recognition. He doesn't look like a 14 yeah. year old boy. And I know we were, we were talking about this being uplifting, but, but honestly, <laughs> yeah, but honestly, it was just such a a ridiculous thing that happened and uh so basically he you know like celeste said he whistled at this lady and offended her um and she was in her her family's grocery store so this group of men set out and lynched him and some people i think i i've i've seen that some people think that lynching is just hanging someone um as you know kind of like a public display Mm -hmm. but lynching is actually any um 
any intentional murder uh that's like racially motivate motivated yeah so um anyways so yeah he was from chicago i think i I don't exactly remember why he might have been visiting family in mississippi because that's where he he died he died in in a small town in mississippi yeah so um but yeah anyways what i was gonna say was if you're gonna look into the story more just be advised that the photos are very graphic um because this was on i think back then in in the 50s newspapers were a lot more um uncensored isn't really the word but they they showed a lot more um graphic graphic details yeah. yeah so so that's that's what you'll see um but anyways yeah he lived in his family lived in south side chicago uh, for anyone familiar with Chicago, he lived uh, where there's now the uh, the end of the line for the Green Line on the CTA near King Drive and Cottage Grove in that neighborhood. Um, so really, I mean, the, the area is just, it, it's, it's a great place for that to, um, you know, for that house to be because I, I guarantee it'll bring a lot of tourism because mm-hmm. it's off the, like public transit and... You're just a couple blocks away from where the the train lines are now, um, so you know it, it could be a really good um, you know trip to take if you're in the Chicago area just to visit that area, see where he grew up, see see the house, and uh, you know discover some more history about that area and and his mm-hmm. family. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that happened, which is really good. I'm. Happy for that family, and you know, hopefully, this brings some peace. Yeah, decades later, <laughs> right? And that's that's a yeah. thing too. Is is the lady admitted after like I don't know, maybe like in the last ten years? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Right. Just a few years ago, she admitted. Yeah. That she was she, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, she admitted she lied six six decades later in an yeah. interview for the 2017 book the blood of emmett till in a book mm-hmm. yeah yeah so. so at least we know that guilt stuck with her for decades but that of course will never you know bring bring him back peace yeah and justice and yeah you know rightness so yeah so yeah but i'm glad this is happening more landmark statuses for black stuff because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. why not because, you know, they like to burn our shit down. But anyway. um, Okay. So the next article is these fraternity brothers are buying the block around their university to combat gentrification. Hmm. So it says in 2013, Timothy Webb Jr. graduated from the University of South Carolina, ready, ready to use his degree of information technology to help secure data sorry and now he's added he's added securing land to his plate he says last year webb founded um a company called more than a nine to five a lifestyle brand bridging the gap between entrepreneurship and traditional careers because he said he believes people can have the best of both worlds recently he and his kappa alpha psi fraternity brother Rache, R-A-S-H-A-E, Rache Bay, purchased 
almost two acres of land in Webb's hometown of Columbia, South Carolina, and have a total of 26 rental units between South Carolina and Virginia. Which I think that's really cool. Dang. Um, he says there is a lot of gentrification by those who don't look like us. And I believe if we want to see change, we need to be the change we want to see. Mm. Okay, Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> um, our goal is to get our hands onto as much real estate in the South Carolina area as possible. So he's still purchasing property. And trying to expand the lifestyle brand. Um, he wants to teach people how to invest in real estate stocks and more. So that sounds good. I really like this. Um, yeah, it's good. They say here also, according to a study done by the Boston's, Boston College's Center for Retirement. I think we kind of talked about these numbers before, but the average black household has just 46% of a typical white family's retirement wealth in 2016. Mm. Um, And the global pandemic hasn't helped. 48% of black people were left unable to pay their bills, according to a, according to an April Pew research study. So their ultimate goal is to generate, is to create, generate generational wealth for black people by teaching them how to invest in assets, not liabilities. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, so, yeah, I really like this, like, building your portfolio and trying to teach how to, and helping black people in their area, trying to teach them how to, you know, use the money that they have, and, um... You know I'm a fan. Yeah, and uplift <laughs> themselves. I really like this. So, yeah, I thought this was really, a really good thing that they're doing i really like it i also like the fact that like i like the idea of like taking gentrification back and and making i mean gentrification has such has a negative connotation for a reason but also using taking that word and using and putting something positive on it as in giving back to the community because that's honestly what you should be doing if you're gonna if you're gonna gentrify a place quote unquote yeah and that's that's one thing i noticed um you know I've, i've kind of been living in larger cities for the last i don't know five years or so Mm -hmm. um but one thing i noticed when i was living in oakland was there were the neighborhood i lived in yeah it was gentrified um we kind of lived on the line so to speak where it was still the rougher side that hadn't really been redeveloped and and spruced Mm -hmm. up and new coffee shops and bike shops and things like that yeah we lived on that line so we lived you know technically we lived in the older part of the neighborhood but we had access to all the new and ice and shiny stuff but Mm -hmm. it was interesting to see for all the new nice stuff that they had there was so much that was just totally ignored like you would have you know this nice totally redone building and then right next to it would be an empty lot with you know homeless camp and then right next to that it'd be a you know a coffee shop with you know all these Mm -hmm. people and all this fancy expensive stuff and then right after that it would be you know just this business that had been closed 
for you know like years or something and yeah. it was just really that what you were saying with like gentrifying should include giving back to that community i, I think that's totally right like you can't just paint some murals and call the job done that doesn't yeah. help anybody yeah mm-hmm. it makes certain buildings look nice but overall you're still you're not you're not serving those people who have given up so much so that you can move in with your money you know mm-hmm. and it's like if you're gonna move in with your money you should be you know it's what i mean you should you should be putting that money to good use right and yeah not just using you should be it putting it your, back into the community right. that you're infiltrating right because that's the thing it's like i feel like with gentr- the problem with gentrification is people they come in they fix up what they need to do to make their profits or what they need yeah. to do to get renters in or buyers or whatever and they they forget about the edges of the neighborhood where all that stuff could really you know uh serve as a whole right mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you know over time you get people that are getting pushed out of their own neighborhood because they can't afford it anymore because everything yeah. around them has been fixed up except for the stuff that they know yeah so i i could rant about that stuff for a while but yeah, oh, yeah it's it's, it's it's definitely hard to see so so that's great that those guys are are you know they're taking a the time to do that not just from the you know the property standpoint but from you know investing in the people and actually teaching mm-hmm. their people is it's great to hear yeah yeah i agree i i'm in the same boat as you mm-hmm. the neighborhood that i live in is gentrified oh yeah 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 but then like two blocks like three blocks over is the hood right so yeah like there's literally like a road that like defines the difference between my neighborhood and the neighborhood over and you can see the difference yeah absolutely you know and it's funny too because when people ask me why my partner and I left Oakland one of the examples I give or apart from really not you know the majority of the area is these pockets of gentrification where you know like I said you've got this circle of new and bright and clean and nice and then the surrounding ring is not so great and mm-hmm. so one of the examples that I give that you know people are like well why why did it bother you so much it's like okay well an example for me and not to dampen the mood again but I'm going to no, you're good yeah. <laughs> you know no, good. um I noticed uh right before quarantine happened I started noticing this and then as quarantine went on I noticed it more and more but um like I was saying, where we lived, we were kind of on the line. So the street that we lived on and the surrounding streets were not great. But if you just crossed the major road that was, you know, a couple blocks over, you were in the nice part, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. But I noticed if I wasn't wearing, like, clothes like I was going to work, like, you know, work clothes, professional clothes, and Mm -hmm. I was just walking around in casual, you know, shorts and a t-shirt or something, certain people in that neighborhood if i was walking in the nicer part of the neighborhood people would mm-hmm. cross the street away from me terrible they they wouldn't you know or they wouldn't make eye contact with me and i'm one of those people who like i like i spend a lot of time in the midwest so i have that um uh i guess like affinity to want to greet people just because you're mm-hmm. in their space even if yeah. it's just for a brief second just a ca- you know a casual nod or a smile or a wave or whatever mm-hmm. i just have a habit of trying to do that 
And it really hurt my feelings when people would keep their head down and look at the ground and shuffle past me quickly or they cross the street or they'd shift their bag to their other shoulder just because I was walking by. And what what really pissed me off was I didn't notice that when I was with my partner who's white. I, yeah. I didn't notice it. So, you know, that, that kind of got to me and that that really um, made me realize just the the emotional effect apart from you know having people who've grown up and spent a lot of time in those neighborhoods that are getting gentrified just apart from them losing what they know the other side of the emotions being like you can't trust people anymore or they can't Mm -hmm. trust you because they think you're some other person that doesn't belong there yeah because they've infiltrated and and imposed their own stuff so yeah yeah that's that's one of the reasons why i we decided to leave because I was just noticing that too much. And that's a common theme for those sort of areas where you have a lot of money. You know, San Francisco is just a couple miles away across the Bay. Mm-hmm. And in even Oakland, there's, there's a lot of high paying jobs there, but you know, that happens a lot where you have those areas where people are, you know, young people are and young families are moving in, they're making all this money and, you know, they want to buy a house or they want to get good, you know, cheap rent close to the city or whatever. So they just end up in these neighborhoods, gentrify them. And then, you know, everybody who's been there and been existing there and been, you know, otherwise unproblematic, they're all of a sudden the problem. So, yeah. 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 No, I 100% agree. Yeah. Rant. I mean, (laughs) I had to to rant. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. I 100% agree. Mm -hmm. Like, I 100% agree. It's it's a lot of the reason why I want to... Well, it's part of the reason why I want to leave where I live now. Because mm-hmm. it's definitely becoming that way. Yeah. And it wasn't this way before. Like, when we were in college, like, it wasn't this way as much. Granted, we were more on the campus than, like, in the surrounding er- yeah, area. Definitely. But still, like, more and more, like... I've just been not no longer happy here and and that's Mm. fine like Mm -hmm. I've also changed as a person I'm not the same person I was like years ago but also like you know the gentrification it just like you're right like it takes an emotional toll on you because you're not around people who look like you so or act like you yeah so you being the only person it just feels like dang like what is the point and your home and your space is supposed to be you know your sanctuary and who you are allowed to be so so mm-hmm. yeah I 100% agree and totally understand I'm glad there are people out there who like these fraternity brothers who want to better the conditions I'm here for it I hope one day that I'm able to do the same things and yeah um provide the same things because I think that's awesome so yeah okay I have one more article okay so this one is about Lizzo it says pop star Liz well pop superstar Lizzo is one of the few plus size black women to grace the cover of Vogue dope 
um, pop star, wow, I kept saying pop star, pop superstar Lizzo <laughs> has become one of the few black and plus size women to grace the cover of Vogue CNN reports. Melissa Vivian Jefferson, also known as Lizzo, is pop culture's newest phenomenon. She's taken mainstream entertainment. She's taken the mainstream internet. Inter, okay. She's <laughs> taken the mainstream entertainment industry by force last year as a multi talented spewing. A multi talent spewing endless bobs and body normative motivation the three-time grammy winner is now on the cover of the october issue of vogue in a flowing red valentino dress she was photographed by legendary director hype williams as a a first for the music industry veteran as well okay cool a lot of firsts here Lizzo discusses everything from her career origins as a musician in Minneapolis to the militarized police state that has claimed the lives of Breonna Taylor and George Mm. Floyd. Um, Yeah. And she says, I am the first big black woman to cover on the cover of Vogue magazine. The first black anything feels overdue but our time has come to Mm. all my black girls if someone like you hasn't done it yet be the first oh i love that yeah so and that's what she posted on instagram that's great i gotta see that photo she's 32 wow black don't crack for real i thought she was younger than that (laughs) to be totally (laughs) honest but yeah congrats to lizzo congrats to everyone you know in relation to that cover happening and stuff like that that's awesome she looks gorgeous in this red dress and yeah uh, i i I like lizzo a lot i think she just makes sense (laughs) my mom has been uh channeling her energy for this whole period of time <laughs> it's been yeah really, that's awesome her music's been really really helping her um, yeah she you know it's like one of those things that like I, I feel like everybody has those um artists where you know if you're in a bad mood you're having a bad day you just throw on somebody's music that you really love like I, i'm sure mm-hmm. like a lot of people you know michael jackson and and artists like that where you just throw the music on and your your stuff just like melts away even if it's just temporary yeah but that's kind of how Lizzo's been for my mom, I know. Um, and I actually read yesterday that appara- apparently, um, yesterday, the 6th of October, was um, Plus Size Appreciation Day. I didn't know oh. that was a thing, but I'm here for it. Even though it yeah. shouldn't, I mean, you know, it shouldn't be, I it shouldn't feel necessary to have an appreciation day. But as a plus size woman, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I don't really know what I would do to, uh, you know, celebrate or honor that. But, um, you know, it's just it's I it's great to see that, you know, body positivity is still moving on strong and and plus size people are are still, um, you know, feeling courageous and confident Mm -hmm. and wearing what they want and, you know, less and less judgment every day, I think from yeah from the rest of the population so yeah yeah I agree as someone who well I 
I guess I would, I don't know. I don't 100% consider myself plus size because Mm -hmm. I do fit into some straight sizes. So I teeter-totter in some more of an in-between gal. But I still, you know, body positivity has done, the movement has done wonders for me. And I appreciate that. So um, all the people who are bigger than me, who have really been doing the work I 100% am grateful and appreciate mm. the things that they do because it it's a trickle-down effect. It helps me as well oh, yeah. as yeah. someone who is fat. So, so yeah, I, I agree. I love Lizzo. When her album came out, it took me a while to listen to it just because I kind of wasn't in the mood to listen to new music. But I listened, I listened to her album on repeat for, like, months. <laughs> like, it was just so good. Like, I, I love, like her positivity i love that she takes ownership of herself and her body and um and just like who she is and she's not afraid to show that and i know there are people who are like i think she's corny that's cool like that's that's cool like it's okay like you don't have to like her but um or like her music but because you know that's not for everyone but you know just respect and understand like what she's trying to do because she's not out here mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. being a total asshole like i mean yeah she's sassy faves. as hell but yeah she's not it's not like to the point where it's like she's like like it or or fight me you know she's just yeah like, okay it, she's just unapologetic which is yeah really what what most people should be doing they should be unapologetically themselves yeah so 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 yeah i'm i'm glad to see this i love to see black people winning as always especially black women so oh yeah so yeah i love this i love this article and yeah and that's it for me i don't have any more articles um yeah i really like this i had something in mind and now i don't remember what it was huh i had something in mind and now i don't remember what it was oh no Um, but yeah oh oh yes thank you facebook for reminding me okay (laughs) um so one thing I would say that I've seen, or not really, uh, all right, all right, let me rephrase. <laughs> so I don't really use Facebook that much anymore, except to check in on certain people because mm-hmm. that's the only, that's, you know, their uh, social media platform of choice still, mm-hmm. um, which is fine, but when I do get on there, I pay attention to like four or five different Facebook groups. And I've discovered a group recently, which is like speaking to my soul. And it's called, um, see, now I forget the name of the damn group. Hold on. (laughs) It's called, it's called, oh yeah. It's called Black Expats from all over the world or all around the world something like that oh nice but but anyways the the group is it's a pretty small group i think there's like seven thousand members which you know in the grand scheme is not a lot but but to have um a group that's so specific have that many members it's actually pretty impressive but anyways Mm -hmm. it's really just it's for anyone who's interested in expatriating or, or leaving their home country and um you know moving elsewhere and then it's also of course for 
black people who have done that and they have expatriated their country and they live elsewhere so it's been really cool to see like the, i think the reason why i brought it up is because it's it's been really refreshing to see black people tr- one black people traveling mm-hmm. to black people who have said okay well i didn't like x y and z about my country you know most i think most people are on there are, are americans or canadians um but anyways you know Fair. these people are saying you know, I didn't like X, Y, and Z about my country, so I changed my situation. I left because I could, and I, I, mm-hmm. I was able to do so. So it's just really nice to see black people doing stuff like that because you don't really see a lot. One, you don't see a lot of black people traveling, unfortunately, which I think is a damn shame. Um, yeah. You know, but it's just kind of the cards that a lot of people were dealt. They don't have the means to do so. Mm-hmm. But, and then when you do see black people traveling, you see them going to the same handful of countries or the same places, or they just stick to domestic traveling, which is perfectly fine too. Cause it's, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people like to stay in their comfort zone, but I've seen so many people here. They're like, yeah, I moved to Mexico. I'm in Ecuador. I'm in Portugal. I'm in Japan. I'm in Thailand, Vietnam, mm-hmm. like all over the world. And it's just been really, really cool to see more of that because one thing for me is, um, I love traveling, obviously. I know I talk about it a lot, but I love traveling. But the first thing I do when I think of a new place to go is I look look up black in XYZ, you know, like black in mm-hmm. London and black in, uh, you know, Mexico City or something like that. Because I like to see if I, if I set foot there, am I going to be comfortable? Am I going to see people who look like me or, mm-hmm. you know, have the same sort of things in common as me or, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's really really cool to see um you know just like smart well-spoken and you know energetic black people doing their thing I just love seeing that so and there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of different um different groups that that focus on similar things there's another one I'll mention is called black travel movement which I think is also a pretty good group it's a bigger group um so there's a lot more engagement on a daily basis but I think they um Sometimes I get in arguments over politics and I don't really, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, this a moot juncture. point to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like a moot point to me. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to have to talk about Donald Trump in every single, mm-hmm. you know, interaction I have with somebody. So, so I do like the, um, expats group, black expats from all over the world is what it's called. I do like that group because people are generally unproblematic and will just help you. Like they'll just answer questions or you know share their experiences mm-hmm. without having all these caveats attached to it so so yeah mm. anyways that's my positive thing that i've been seeing lately okay that sounds good yeah i like that yeah i feel like one day we're gonna have to do an episode on expatting because oh please in yes. the next two yes. to five years bye yeah my i got a two-year plan right now it's it's rough but it's a two-year plan but the main thing right now is i got a pay off my debt (laughs) i can't do anything until i pay off debt so yeah i have a two-year plan as well we can talk about that off the podcast yeah because i don't want to talk about it now (laughs) but yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so so yeah but that that sounds good i probably gonna join one of those i can send you um, an invite to this one too yeah <laughs> join one of those and see um what's out there but yeah that's awesome 
all right we're gonna move right along to our last segment of mm-hmm. the podcast called what's got you hot what's got you hot oh, i actually got one this week wow but i feel like it's everyone it, everyone has the same one this week okay oh <laughs> well i'll go first please so my i have two so the first one is what's got me hot is um some tv shows i've been watching that have been really entertaining i've been loving has been getting me through the past couple weeks the first Mm -hmm. one is the emperor's new school i finally got disney plus oh cool that show is so good so good oh my god i i i i I need to rewatch the movie but i watched the show first because i i don't think i ever watched the show but Mm -hmm. i was watching um I watch this. I'm subscribed to this guy on YouTube called Tunerific Tyreek, and he does analysis of cartoons. And okay. I think he's an aspiring cartoonist because he draws oh, and cool. stuff. And um, he does like hour long analysis of like different shows. So he did like As Told by Ginger, he's done Phineas and Ferb, and he did The Emperor's New School. And I was watching it and it encouraged me to like watch the show. So I watched it. I was not disappointed. <laughs> um, shout out to Eartha Kit for playing Yzma because oh. iconic. Um, Kronk is also iconic. I think Kronk is like my, f- I think Kronk is everyone's favorite character. Oh, in the that guy New is School. so typecast. <laughs> yeah. He plays the he same also like plays... doofy big dude in every role. Yeah. He, yeah. Cause he's also in Kim Possible. The guy who plays mm. Kronk is also in Kim Possible. He plays that one teacher that they talk to all the time. <laughs> um, Cause I was like, cause I had watched, cause I was also watching Kim Possible as well. Shout out to Kim Possible, like one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Um, and I was like, then I was watching Emperor's New School, and I was like listening to the voice, and I was like, that's the same guy. And I was like, and I looked it up on Google, and I was like, yeah, that's the same guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember his yeah, name. Shout- John something or other. I can't remember right now. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't really care. But yeah, shout out to him. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to him. But I don't really care. <laughs> but yeah shout out to that show um uh also i've been recently been watching the parkers okay. on netflix so which i love i think when i was when it was out i was a child so and also i wasn't really allowed to watch tv so i like anytime it came on i knew that was like the one show one black sitcom i would like that was like entertaining to me as a child I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about but it just seemed funny and like really cool and so I was re so I've been re-watching it the past couple of days and Monique and Countess Vaughn's like timing is so good particularly Monique I mean Monique oh is- yeah obviously great as nikki parker and countess vaughn is really good too i love the theme song i can't get tired of it same with emperor's new school i can't get tired of the theme song i love it so so yeah shout out to those two shows if you have disney plus disney plus please go watch the emperor's new school it's a great tv show it's only two seasons um and 
yeah, the Parkers is on Netflix. They put a bunch of black sitcoms on Netflix. We talked about this the last episode, but yeah, the Parkers is up there now. So it's like Moesha, Girlfriends, Sister Sister, My all the good shows. So girlfriend. so yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend. I'm gonna keep this in the episode. Oh, um, please, no. <laughs> oh. The second. <laughs> the second it's fine. thing. I deserve it. The second thing that's got me hot um, is I've been, so I have an internet friend. Her name is Shami Oshun. I hope you're saying her first name right. But um, she has like a, she has a brand um, called Shami Oshun and she um, has wearables and um, like handbags and um, kind of like engineered um, art that you can wear so like earrings and nice. stuff like that so her earrings and her her bags are 3d printed and then oh. she has like sweats and um, and she came up with a sweat suit recently it's like like sweatpants and like a t and like a sweatshirt recently I think before the before covid she was like planning it out or something like that so I bought I always buy stuff from her I've been I think it's been like a full year since I've been like buying stuff from her um I met up with her in LA one time when I was in LA I met up with her and she's great she's awesome I think I think she just turned 21 and she's like the coolest person I've ever met not really but she's like the coolest person ever (laughs) and um I've met a lot of cool people but um um I don't know but she's just the coolest and um she's so I have like three she has these bags they're called Bev bags and because Bev is short for beverage so you can fit like you it's literally designed to fit your beverage in the bag and that is literally and it's 3d printed it's really cool I have three of them they're expensive they're like 175 dollars I don't think she's I don't think she's selling any right now um and then she makes like 3d printed earrings so they're like hoops and like stud earrings they're like pretty like simple and basic but they're color changing so they, they'll like change in the sun mm-hmm. so maybe some some of them will turn like blue or pink or purple or anything like that and they the hoops come in different sizes and shapes and she has like stud earrings as well um and then she has but my what's got me hot is actually her sweats i've been living in her sweats say give me more details on those sweats so the sweats they come in i think they come i think they're in the sizes i think extra small to maybe two or three xl yes um (laughs) i'm normally in pants i'm a size 16 Mm mm-hmm um, so I got the XL. If you want a bag, they fit. I like the baggy. Like, but if you want something baggier, I would go a size up. Okay. Yeah. Um, they are, her sweats are on the pricier side, but they're really good quality. They are, the materials ethically sourced. 
well, nice. I don't know about ethical source, but the materials source, the she has a seamstress that she pays um, okay. very well. So it her stuff is more on the expensive side, but it's because that. But it's the quality. Yeah, it's the quality. What I love about the uh, pants, I know I'm getting like really, really into it, but in the crotch is like double like lined or like sewn or it's like a different like material like rib material so Mm. like when you so you know like when you wear sweatpants like generic sweatpants in the when you have like thicker thighs in the middle like in your crotch area it gets those little like the the pillings or pillings the the pilling happens because she has like a the crotch material or whatever in there is different and it's like ribbed, you won't oh. get that. I need to see these. Yeah, so it's really I don't think she shows them on the the crotch on the website, but like no, when I, I, I bought mean, them. I meant the pants in general. <laughs> this, yeah, this I know, but I'm just general, saying but... like you wouldn't know that unless you like bought them because she doesn't really mm-hmm. advertise it, which I think that she totally should because yeah, I feel like that's a more big people deal would, for me. Yeah same so when I bought these I like saw it and I was like oh okay that's weird but then I started wearing them and I was like oh this is a game changer now I want another pair of sweats that's why I like yoga pants and biking shorts so much because I found that they don't give me um as much resistance as like normal jeans or stuff yeah like the cotton and stuff like that yeah 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 so yeah, I um and same thing with her the sweatshirt. I'm normally I think I got a size large in the sweatshirt and I'm normally a size large in like shirts. So, but I like a more like fitted mm-hmm. sweatshirt. Um so go size up if you want a more baggier fit. But That's me. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But they're all, they only come in two colors. There's, like, this mauve color and then, like, a creamer Ooh. color. Um, I like that. And they're embroidered with, like, her name on them. And then, oh, the sweatpants do have a butt pocket on the <gasps> right no side. Yeah. yeah, and they have two front pockets. What? Oh, yeah. sold. I hate those cheap-ass sweatpants with, like, no pockets. Mm-hmm. And then that ugly gray color. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, but they're, like, really good quality. They're thick cotton. Like, I love these. I wash them, like, I wear them, like, all the time. Now it's going to be cold. Like, I'm just going to be, like, living in these. I need another set. Yeah, that's my problem. All my yoga pants and and things like that. Like, I have 87,000 pairs of shorts and, like, active shorts and and yoga pants. But I I like the the, um, capri style ones. I don't like the long yoga pants. So I have, like, no long, warm clothes to wear other than jeans and pants. Same, So I I need to get some because it's starting to get cold here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would say definitely check her out. Support her. She's a small, black-owned business. Um, I'll put her website in the description notes so you guys can check her out. She's awesome. She's also amazing. Um, wow. She's also making face masks. So I have two of them. Sweet. Um, and they're, they're beautiful. She also makes them in, um, her, some of her face masks are also made in, um, skin tone colors. So I have one that's like 
brown, like similar-ish to like my skin tone. Hmm. And she doesn't have a bunch of skin tone, so you're going to have to try to match up if you're in between or something like that. But it's kind of hard for her to find like skin tone fabrics because yeah, they're not... They don't make them because, you know, racism. So, yeah. <laughs> um, mm. So, yeah. And because I've seen people on the Internet, like, get mad at her and be like, oh, like, there's not enough range. And it's like, she's a small business. This is not Fashion Nova. Chill. <laughs> so. So, yeah. And she's explained it a million times on social media that the reasons why, like, she there's, like, some inconsistencies and jumps, like. So, yeah, but yeah, I would, but yeah, those are my two, um, what's got me hot. Nothing really negative right now. So, yeah. Good. What about you? Um, okay. So now that you've had your nicey nicey stuff, (laughs) I need a minute to rant because. Let's go. I love a good rant. I'm collecting myself. Mm-hmm. before I freak out because I've been holding this back today? this whole conversation I've been holding this back I have been pissed off since maybe Wednesday of last week oh shit a whole week one more breath okay who's gonna get red today I am interested what the fuck is wrong with Donald Trump? Can I? Oh I, no! I I have to. I'm so sorry, but I need to. Holy shit! I have never seen such a display of ridiculousness with this. Oh, okay, okay. When I found out he had COVID, mm-hmm. first I was excited, and then I was like, "That's terrible, Amber." Then I was excited again because I was like, but it's Donald Trump. And then I was, I had to, you know, tone it back because, you know, you really shouldn't wish bad on people. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. The nice things that you're supposed to say. But then I heard about the Rose Garden Massacre because I was not following that stuff with Amy Coney Barrett or whatever the fuck her name is Mm -hmm. because I don't like her. And so I was like, whatever. Like, I was trying to ignore that shit. But then I found out that during her nomination ceremony all these people were massless like fat ass Mm -hmm. uh chris christie and that fucking dick bill barr like all these Mm -hmm. people right so or bob Barr, whatever i don't know i'm just mad but anyways (laughs) so everybody's walking around massless oh yes we're better than everyone we're not gonna get sick blah blah then everybody started getting sick Mm -hmm. and it was like clockwork and now we're sitting here and this dude checked himself out of the hospital not once but twice why did he check him out his himself out twice once he decided to take a little field trip around the hospital and drive around the car and probably get his secret service agent sick just because he wanted a photo op with people on the street that happened great then he's like um yeah i'm much better now i'm so strong i'm cool i'm gonna go back to the white house dude can't even get up a flight of stairs without gasping for air and now you want to tell me today october 7th that he's displaying no symptoms in 24 hours that's a load of shit how the fuck are you gonna go from hospitalized to totally changed in three days 
that doesn't happen. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. So either, and this is these are the two schools of thought right now because they're the only two schools of thought that make any sense. Either he's faking it, and because we haven't seen him in public in the last two days, he's still in his bed, freaking out, sick, miserable, looking terrible like he always does. Or he managed somehow to get the best vaccine drug treatment possible and totally disregarded the lives of all his 210,000 people, mm-hmm. 100,000 people <laughs> that, you know, didn't get that chance because the other part of it is like, oh, well, you can't go to the hospital unless you're really severely sick. Um, okay, but why does half the government get to do whatever the fuck they want? And then they still get to walk around and say that they don't need to wear a mask because of X, Y, and Z bullshit reason. That shit pisses me off. So, I'm thinking the next two weeks will be very, very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that he did not get these super amazing drugs. Yes, he did take some experimental drugs and some expensive drugs. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're working as well as he wants them to work. Mm-hmm. I think he's very sick. And I'm very, very curious to see what will happen. I'm literally checking the news every hour because I want to be one of the first to know when we find out his condition has worsened because that's what it's at. Meanwhile, I'm praising Joe Biden. I'm not normally one to really pay attention to that man, but I am praising him for how he's been handling things the last couple of weeks. And his wife is a gym. And I'm like really supporting them because I don't want anything to happen to them because he's literally our only hope right now. (laughs) So, oh, and also for people who are saying, oh, I'm going to vote for Joe Jurgensen. Why? Why would you? Why would you? Is that the third party candidate? candidate? Yes. Yeah. She's an independent. Okay. Well, then vote for Trump if you're going to vote for her. I, yeah. So I get when people say you're just throwing a vote away. Normally, in any other election, I would say that's that's fine. Vote for who you want to vote for. Mm-hmm. But in something as prolific as this event, yeah, we cannot afford to lose votes to someone who has no chance of winning. I didn't even know she had a platform until two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't... You know what? What I'm about to do? I'm... Hold on. I have to verify that it's actually a woman. Because I just hear Joe and I'm thinking Joe with an E or Joe like Joanna or something, right? Mm, it's it's mm, like Joanne. J-O, yeah. It's Joanne. But anyways, I don't know who this lady is. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, yeah, the libertarians are like, I'm not voting for Trump or Biden. Like, okay. I, Cute. I, okay. But like, why? Yeah. Please don't I, do this to me. Yeah. I can't escape the country as quickly as I want to. Yeah, because if Some I could, of us can't I would have been gone. at all. Yeah, it, yeah. Because if I could, I would have been gone. But I'm stuck here, and we all have to deal with this shit together. So you can't just yeah. fake it and be like, eh, "I'm gonna vote for who I like, and I like her ideas." That's great, but she ain't gonna win. Libertarians don't even come close to that stuff. And I'm not getting all super political and and one sided right now. But no, seriously, that's just facts. Yeah. Any other election, I would say, do you? But this election. Is scary. Yeah. It is so scary. This election will decide the next 50 to 60 years of this nation. <sighs> Let's not, yeah, keep it right. 100. So, 
Yeah. So as soon as all that crap with the Supreme Court started happening, that's when I got scared. Mm-hmm. When 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 Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, that's mm-hmm. when I got really scared. Yeah. So I'm gonna calm down now because I'm okay. Yeah. No. Her I... running mate is named Spike, though. Can we just take a second to see that her running mate is Spike? Who is Who? Spike? Is that a dog? That's her running mate. That's who she would put up for VP. Who's Spike, Spike? A man named Spike. I don't know anyone. Oh, Spike Lee? No, Spike Cohen. Oh, that sounds like a dog. There's not even... Oh my god, what? There's not even a... If you Google him, there aren't even any pictures that come up with him. Oh, mm. he, he... Honestly, he looks like... Wait, is he married to a black chick? Doesn't matter. He looks like a software developer. Mm. But anyways, I'm just saying, I needed to get that out. Yeah, I no, am very confused fair. and I am very uncomfortable with this atmosphere right now. Yeah, it's highly stressful and extremely annoying. Yeah, I when the news broke, I was like, okay. Like, I, 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 I didn't have any, like, feelings or thoughts because I was just, I like... for a second. I mean, <laughs> just one that's second. fair. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people... I saw a, all, a lot of that on my timeline, which, I mean, I don't blame those people yeah, for having those thoughts because I 100% understand and get it. Um, why would you have sympathy or regard for someone who clearly doesn't have sympathy or regard for 210 plus thousand people? Mm-hmm. So there's that. But yeah, I please y'all please go vote. Um, yeah. We need to get this person out of here. Um, this whole administration out of here. We need to flip the places we need to flip with the senate or whatever i know i should know politics <sighs> a little bit better but i'm just hella tired of all of this um if y'all don't think that this election is serious i would highly suggest looking into some independent um sources about why this election is actually so serious um mm-hmm. because it is um because we didn't get here by accident. Trump didn't get into office by accident. This has been mm-hmm. pre planned for years. And yeah. so, so yeah. And if we don't get him out, we're kind of, we're pretty much stuck yeah. in this for year, for decades to come. Yeah. So. So, so yeah, um, yeah, please go vote. Please go look up all the information and do your due diligence. If you don't want to do your due diligence, cool. Whatever. Good on you. I hope you can sleep at night for the next Mm. 50 to 60 years. But, yeah. I think also, like, part of me is, like, this election that will be, like, a deciding factor on how fast I want to get the fuck up out of here. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't have high hopes for this election because American people are not the brightest. Mm. So, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I one hundred percent feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, yeah. you you wanted the segment though. I, that's what's got me hot. This hey. feverish, nasty swamp thing. Yeah, that's what the point of this segment is for. That's why I brought the positivity. <laughs> mm, I know. So, I, yeah. yeah, I'm glad we had a positive episode, but. But you yeah, know me bring yeah, no. despair. No, you're not. It's okay. That's what I it's feel like... fine. My nickname in high school was Debbie Downer. Oh, kids are and mean. I did not give myself that nickname. My classmates did. Yeah, that's why I said kids are me because <laughs> I was cynical as hell. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, but. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for being here, listening to us. I hope that y'all are doing well wherever you are, where the six people that listen to us, whatever you're doing. I hope you're doing well. I hope that we brought some good and satisfied some ranting anger. Because, you know, that's what we're here for. So, yeah. Yep. Well, that was the Slight Sarcasm Podcast. I'm Amber. I'm Celeste. And as always, we hope you enjoyed and we hope to have you join us for the next one. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Don't forget (laughs) to follow us on social media and all that fun stuff. And vote and wear your mask and wash your damn hands. Wash your fucking hands. And moisturize (laughs) your hands. And moisturize (laughs) you. All right, bye, y'all. Bye.